This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central, at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. We have made it to the uh, to the thirty episodes. We made Woo! it to the three zero. That's it. Our twenties are over. We we we've moved on into adulthood. We've made we we've made big strides, and uh, you know tailgate talks is uh, is looking to settle down, buy a house, you know, do do big things in life. Uh, I'm an idiot. I don't know that that just came up off the top of my head. I know that was kind of dumb, but whatever. Welcome to episode thirty, guys. Um, happy to be here. I know, I know, it was a dumb, it was a dumb opener, but it felt right at the moment. I was like, what can I say about thirty? All right, uh, make sure uh, we're here for episode thirty. Obviously, we got we got some club red to talk about with with uh, Texas Tech sports. We're gonna be looking into some NFL. And some NBA talk. We got our shot bets to look into. Got a good episode ahead for you. Um, if you're not already, make sure you're following us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Make sure you also hit us up on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, if you want to give our personal accounts a follow, make sure you uh, to find Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. Uh, lastly, uh, if you have any sort of suggestions, or second or second to last, if you have any sort of suggestions, for the podcast, obviously, you can hit us up on any of our personal accounts or on the uh, on the podcast accounts. But you can also email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. That's where you can send any sort of questions or anything you want to know about the show or hear us discuss on the show itself. Um, and if you haven't already, uh, make sure you hit up the YouTube channel. Uh, that has been popping off and doing very well. Some of those videos have hit um, over five, six, seven hundred views. Uh, I think, well, one of them mostly. But the other ones have been actually doing pretty well as well. Uh, lastly, for the for the opener, uh, we're going to be talking about the t-shirt giveaway. Uh, we had Billy Shank Sports uh, win this week's t-shirt. Uh, we 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 asked people to comment on the draft with associated with our uh, social media posts, and uh, Billy Shank won this week's episodes or last week's episodes t-shirt. Uh, yeah, he was really mad at the Broncos. <laughs> he was. So actually, was I, Billy. So I, was I. <laughs> I, I I talked to him for a little bit. He was like, "I'm okay with the linebacker as long as we sell off one of the other two. I was like, "Yeah, I could see that." But um, you want a linebacker? Why don't you just take the, our linebacker and we could add the corner you took? <laughs> right. Um. So for uh for this week's episode, uh, we're gonna take a week off from doing uh doing the giveaways. We need to kind of get caught up ourselves on getting all the other shirts sent out. Uh, and not pointing fingers. We're not pointing nice. fingers at who. We're I mean, we're we're not gonna do that. But uh, we, we're gonna get caught up on on getting the t-shirts out. We'll have something new for you guys next week. We'll have another t-shirt giveaway for you guys next week. But we need to get kind of get caught up on sending those out, getting those out to all of the winners and all of the tailgate crasher members. Um. So 
uh, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We're going to kick it off with a little bit of Club Red action. We're going to talk about a little bit of Texas Tech basketball and then take a look at that uh, at that amazing Texas Tech baseball team. So this is Tailgate Talks Club Red. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to be taking a look first to kick this off, or kick off Club Red, at the Texas Tech basketball team. Um, so the main thing with this one, uh, just kind of, we, we had a new commit, and then we had a, a I don't know what this first uh, title is, but Daryl Dora hired as Director of Player Development. I do not know the Kansas killer Daryl Dora, man. I don't know what Director of Player Development is. I've never heard of that title. All right, Anybody so, explain that to me? Yeah, so on most D1 college basketball teams, there are three assistant coaches, and they usually have two, I guess you could say, made-up positions. One of them is always like a player development guy, and that's what Daryl Dora is. So we hired our other three guys, Sean Sutton, who was staying. I don't remember what his title is, but he's not technically an ass- like associate head coach or something yeah. like that. He's not technically an assistant coach. Our other three guys, Peary and the other two we hired, are our assistant coaches, those three. Okay. There's usually a group of five. So bringing back Daryl Dora, me and Brooks know him from – well, Brooks's youth and me, he was still here when I was a freshman. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I, was like, I was like 14 years old when he hit that shot against he Kansas. He played for Bob Knight back at Tech. Oh. He was a power forward. He coached a couple years ago as a grad assistant with uh, Coach Beard. Yeah, he'd always he'd always be like pretty average and get a lot of rebounds and stuff. And then Kansas or like A and M would come in town and he'd just go off <laughs> and make the game winning three. Yeah. <laughs> one of the all time one of the all time no 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 yes threes I've ever seen oh, it was like shit. the last guy he really wanted to shoot that three and then he drained it. <laughs> That's the nickname awesome. killer. So welcome okay. back, Daryl Dora. Very, very much welcome. I remember seeing the I remember seeing the tweets whenever he got brought in. I I, I forgot I didn't make that connection, but the dude, I, we like being brought back. I've never yeah. seen him play. I didn't. I, I wasn't uh, into tech sports back at back whenever he was a player, so can't really relate as much yeah. there. But cool. It was a February. It was a Valentine's Day game. I remember that because me and my mom went on a Valentine's Day date to that basketball game. It's the first time I ever saw a court rushing live. I was oh, in that game. Yeah. <laughs> I think and this was throwback to before I could get into the club at tailgate talks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So no, he, he's a Texas tech alum. He's a, he's a, I, I, I guess a Texas tech basketball legend. Again, this was before my time. So I don't really know too much about him, but cool. seems like a, seems like it'll be a good hire. I've just never heard of director of player development, but I'm still kind of new to being a fan of college basketball, so I don't really know too, too much about it. Um, I was always kind of one of those, like, kind of fans from a distance and a huge fan of the tournament, but not in, like, big detail like this. But cool. It's just a uh, jack-of-all-trades kind of do, obviously, what you're best at, but also kind of do as directed type okay. of Okay. Yeah. And I'll play a part in recruiting. Definitely. I know like a couple of guys like Brandon Francis, 
you know, once he got hired again, shouted him out saying he was one of the main reasons that Brandon Francis came to tech. So he had, he had some part to play in some of those guys who got here before, and he'll have a part to play in some of the guys who come in here now. Nice. Um, cool. So, um, I was looking at the, uh, looking at the show notes that we have for today. Davion Warren commit from Hampton university. What, what can you tell us about this guy? Do, do you have any sort of insight? Brooks? Yeah. Uh, so he's transferred from Hampton. It was a pretty highly sought after transfer. He was being recruited by like A&M, uh, he was a former commit to Memphis. Oh, wow. And so he pretty good player averaged 21.2 points, 6.3 rebounds, three assists per game last year at Hampton. Uh, so he's kind of a do it all player. You like seeing guys who are able to get in that 20s, uh, 20 a game average. That's pretty nice. And so we'll kind of see how that carries. But, you know, from what I've seen and, you know, when he committed, a lot of people were pretty hyped about this one. So I think it's a big get for us and just adds another playmaking guard to your lineup. And it seems like you're kind of loading up on that. Yeah, I heard his interview with 97.3 the other day. I caught the tail end of it and. He sounds pretty pumped up to be here. Um, yeah, he was really highly sought after as a grad transfer. Um, was super successful at Hampton. Um, the guy we just got right before him, remind me of that dude's name. For Adonis me. Arms. So Adonis Arms and Davion Warren were in the same conference, but because of COVID didn't play each other last year. Hmm. Now they're on the same team. That's funny. <laughs> that works out. So, yeah, they kind of knew of each other, but didn't play against each other. But like, those two guys are gonna like bring a lot to our team. Like, on yeah, the, it feels the, like we're 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 recruiting more and more scoring. I think like yeah, like, that, like that's yeah, been a big focus of Coach yeah, Adams. Go and score, and then we're getting guys that are six six that fit Coach Adams' system too. So like, if we're fitting in a lot of good puzzle pieces building this. Juco juggernaut, you could say. Yeah. And then if you get Mac back, that's just another guy who can create a shot. And I think that's been a clear directive for this team is just to find as many guys who can create offense yeah. like on their own. And, you know, that's something we haven't really had a lot of mm-hmm. the last couple of years. We had, we had like one guy here or there, and it's hard to rely all on Mac to create your offense. So it'll be nice to have, you know, another two guys, two or three guys you can throw out there and trust in them to go create shots for themselves and others. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if this guy's pulling 21 points a game, I mean, uh, they, like, I think the last like three signees have all averaged over 15, right? Like uh, that I can think of for the last three commits. Yeah. Him, the Dallas Baptist kid, Chandler Jacobs was averaging 20 and yeah. D2. Uh, Adonis didn't average that much, but I mean, he just wasn't playing as many minutes. Right. So, um, but right, yeah, but, but the year, had, year before that, he yeah, did, though, didn't yeah, he? he was average. Yeah. So you've added a lot of offensive firepower so far. So we're up to 10. We're up to 10. That's true. We can play. We got, two, two, we can two. scrimmage each other. <laughs> yeah. we're up to 10. That's it. Oh my God. Okay. A little random sidebar. Did y'all see that ridiculous trophy of the Kansas football team? Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Cool. When you don't win anything, it's you got to like, literally like what? 
I want to know who made that trophy. Like, what company got tasked with having to make that freaking trophy? <laughs> the thing was literally the size of a like, like as tall as a small house for like the weakest football team. I think to I don't ever. Hate. Huh? I mean, if you're gonna suck, at least do something hysterical like that for your sport. right. Yeah, probably had like like their little leagues probably all got canceled because of COVID. So they had just a bunch of those little itty bitty trophies, participation <laughs> just, trophies. Just they just like up. stacked them on top. <laughs> like what is it like like a like a beer tower? Just like just right, yeah. Just <laughs> we got seventy of them. Let's make one big trophy. Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right. Um, so I think that's gonna kind of cover it for this week as far as Texas Tech basketball. Uh, good coaching hire. Obviously, another score. Um, I, I'm. It's it's good to see them put emphasis on what was really a big weakness or inconsistency for us last year. So um, good to good to see it moving in that direction. We need a big man or two. So keep a lookout for that coming up next. I think. Uh, yeah. Taller, taller side of things. Not necessarily a big man. We got a couple big men, but we need some taller dudes. I could see that. Yeah. I, I could see that Maybe being size. a look. Because if we're playing like our dude KJ at center, I know. I mean, what I've seen, there's like three or four guys were targeted uh, that were kind of in on. So I think names to watch out are Bryson Williams from UTEP. He's kind of the main one. I think we're uh, really hoping to get uh, out of UTEP. So uh, and then a couple other maybe JUCO guys or something like that that I've seen. They're going in a good direction. Uh, I, I think it's good. I think we're pulling a lot of good players in. Yeah, we'll be competitive next year. That's for sure. Definitely, and especially with it being Coach Adams' first year and two games against uh, against UT next year, I think we'll 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 have a good good shot at at those at those matchups so far. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's go ahead and jump over to Texas Tech baseball. Obviously, phenomenal weekend there. Uh, would have been cool to see the sweep. It would have been cool. Um, but uh, either way, we take a series win. We do take a series win. We we mentioned that on last week's episode that we at least needed to see a series win. It would have been better to see a sweep as far as standings go and as far as kind of uh, establishing yourself in the Big 12 Conference. But either way, going to Austin, beating number three, taking three at two out of three games, and and the first two games on top of that. Uh, Phenomenal series. Uh, Friday, they, they won the the first game 6-3. Saturday, 5-3. And then Sunday, I think they were just kind of, kind of winding down. Ended up losing 11-3. Um, did did, it, did y'all get a chance to watch uh, any of these games? I know a couple of y'all tried to watch uh, the, 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 the delayed. You know what? Fill, fill the people in, Brooks. What happened that is such a meme from this weekend? This team... <laughs> In Austin has their own network and it's functioning like it's the 1980s instead of like we're in 2021, man, and everybody's gotten with the streaming and everybody plays every game that's on. You can never miss a tech baseball game, basically, because you can find it on ESPN Plus, probably. And this network, for some reason, decides to tape delay the game like it's the Celtics Lakers 1980s finals. Like, Come on, what are we doing? What are we doing? Game started at what two o'clock on Saturday, and they were going to air it at six. Just complete bullshit. Like, what a joke of a network. Just, I can't believe this. You know, the Big Twelve fell apart for this horrible, 
horrible network. They were probably airing like Keeping Up with the McCoys or whatever <laughs> bullshit shows they have on there. Um, you know, Cribs uh, with is, Vince Young and whatever bullshit. No, I just made that up. Oh, I was about to say, I, I would have totally believed them putting that on. Like, I, I was like, <laughs> oh, up yeah, that could totally be a show. Okay, all right. What but, what team is he backing up for now? <laughs> we go live to. roommates. Huh? Yeah. Uh, no, I never heard that before. Wait, they who? probably have uh, roommates, you know, their whatever show you with them living together. And then they can join their rooms. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to uh, the just a joke. Yeah, just a stuff. joke. Yeah, UT their Longhorn Network's a joke, and <laughs> their baseball team's not as good as we thought they were because we were able to handle them. They even tried to not only tape delay but just straight up delay Saturday's game to Sunday. <laughs> did they, did they, they, was that them? Did they have like uh, like Indians doing a, a dance to to, yeah, to make they got, it rain? They got the rain dance going. They got. They and, got uh, I don't think they would have wanted the rain there in the eighth because they had the bases loaded. So and we couldn't. Bases loaded, two outs in the eighth, and maybe had a comeback rolling, and (laughs) then got paused by rain. We come back Sunday, finish the job, take the series. But I mean, that's a good series win. Looking at the Big Twelve standings, we're still like two and a half or no three games back at Texas. And five games back of TCU. Good thing is we have taken a series win from both of those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we need some. We need to keep winning and maybe even sweep some of these series coming up. And we need some help from these lower lower level teams because, I mean, honestly, Big Twelve baseball is pretty scrap. Like they're a bunch of crap after these top three, top ten teams. Yeah. So we need some help. Yeah. And we need- Texas to slip up in the next couple weeks. Oh, well, that, that, yeah, that, but oh, go ahead, go ahead, Brooks. I was gonna say, yeah, but you went in and it, it's a weird team because you've beaten all the best teams in the Big 12 in series, but yeah, you've lost series to like <laughs> mediocre teams. But I mean, you did what you needed to do. I thought the defense really stepped up, uh, in the for the first two games, it was just play after play. It's like, oh, here's a Dylan Carter sliding catch, oh, here's a Dylan Carter diving catch. Uh, oh, here's a Cal Conley play at shortstop. There's a lot of great defensive plays and then timely hitting, uh, you know, from from guys when he needed. Drew Baker was on fire all weekend. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, We're so deep at hitting that – and even like Parker Kelly, our best defensive infielder, is learning how to hit and getting some even out of the park like yesterday and like – we're one through nine pretty solid and we're playing a couple backup dudes now with some injuries. So like the fact that we're still able to hit consistently, um, that's what we got to keep hoping for. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what this team does. I I still, man, our bullpen, it's a, almost a heart attack waiting to happen. Anytime we got to go to the bullpen, because there's nobody you can trust out there. Uh, Sublet is the only guy. Queen, And then after that, it's just a shit show. You never know what you're going to get. Which is hard for uh, Tadlock because he, he likes to go uh, yeah. uh, uh, player for player or, or, la- or like play. Like he likes to play through the lineup with pitcher after pitcher. And so yep. it not being as deep as he's used to, I'm pretty sure it's got to be difficult for him as well. It's it's deep. There's a lot of guys in the throw. You just never know if you're going to get a good game from them or a, just all that's over what, the place. Like That's what I mean. They're just yeah. experienced and honestly – had last year off 
Yeah. yeah. Like Hurts too. Like I mean, I know it's been almost a year now, but hell, taking a year off when you're a D one athlete, that takes a lot out of you too, rhythm wise oh. and your development wise when you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. And especially for baseball players, those are that is literally all about like consistency and like keeping like your your daily routine the exact same every way however it was that day that you pitched good 10 years ago like so many pitchers do that like are, are very very superstitious with how they treat every day and so yeah. uh that's gonna be our key if we can get consistent pitching we're gonna be all right because our starters you never know what you're gonna get from any of them it seems like monteverde it seems like they like to step up to the big games like Monteverde pitches good yeah. when we're playing good teams and then he struggles yeah. when we're playing Baylor Kent State like play it plays plays to the level of the competition a bit yeah kind of uh, a little frustrating it's just if you can get good consistent starts from them and then figure out some bullpen guys you're gonna be all right but yeah just gotta figure that out um so the 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 other game that we had was uh was yesterday yeah, yesterday. God, uh, I've been like on, on social media so much the last couple of days. Just, I know, right? It's weird. I'm not normally. I'm not a person who's on my phone. Uh, but we had the game uh, in Amarillo against Oklahoma. This was considered a a well, the non conference game. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to play a game at that Amarillo minor league sod poodle stadium. It's yeah, pretty cool. Right up, and it's also like a good regional recruiting thing and fan base type thing yeah, for yeah. tech athletes, especially 7,000 stadium looks tennis. awesome. Yeah. A lot of people went out to this game. I mean, I'm surprised the stadium is still standing after how many bombs we hit <laughs> there. That's good. That's good. Like Took out a little bit of downtown. Amarillo. <laughs> it's not much. So I can't wait to play Oklahoma again in like two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, I was, I was, I was like, oh, that, we like, got this. <laughs> 14, to, 14 to 4 in Amarillo against Oklahoma. Uh, the series yeah. against uh, Illinois Chicago unfortunately got canceled. Uh, any reason? Uh, what, what, was, what was the reasoning for this? COVID. Seriously? They have COVID issues. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, dude, it's 2021. Get it together. Figure no, it out. Joke. How are you still I think I think this one was they had it and they don't want to come all the way to Lubbock to get their ass beat for four games. <laughs> so they were, they were like, let's take it back. That would have been a big a big four games to help us. Like I'm pretty sure we needed Yeah, that's the that's the downside of it is like you're kind of getting a little momentum and you want to be able to keep that and build on it. So Tadlock's trying to find and scrap together a game. Like, can you imagine how, how good that would have been? Four-game win streak, and then go into Oklahoma, which you just tore up, and then going yeah. into Kansas, which you could also tear up. Uh, I think that would have been a good good, good round of, like, about 10-game streak there where we could have pulled off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. wins. We got some pitching, too. But hopefully we find somebody at least for one or two games this weekend. I, I hope they do. I, I hope they get a couple good games in. Unfortunately, Yeah, that's unfortunate that literally COVID – Still, like, what two years later was the reason for that being uh, being canceled? That sucks. Uh, only one, only but, one, but it's twenty twenty one. Get it together, Chicago. But uh, but anyways, uh, next series, as we just said, will be in Oklahoma. Uh, that'll be in two weeks, so we'll be, be we'll be talking a little bit about that series uh, on next week's episode. Uh, we'll kind of look into that a little bit, but obviously not too too much to to check out there. That should be an easy series win. 
Um, I think that's going to kind of wrap up Club Red for us this week. A little bit shorter talk on that one, but uh, we're going to go ahead and jump over to the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about the uh, one, one of the goats of the NFL, and then we'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft. This is uh, Tailgate Talks and uh, NFL Talk. Are you ready for the so, the biggest news coming out of this, um, in case you didn't, you know, I don't know, open your phone or check any sort of sports app or anything, is, uh, is Aaron Rodgers, like, literally, like, a couple days before the draft, uh, came out. The day out. of the draft. Was it the day, day of? of? Okay, okay. I thought, it was, I thought it was a day or two before. I don't know why. He has so much spite for them right now. He's like, watch this. I'm going to completely yeah. PR the hell out of them. It was like a little bit of Tebow news. It was like a sprinkling Tebow for tight end. And then it was like, Aaron. Right, <laughs> right so, to the face of the Packers. Like, he, he wants out of all night. It was funny. He wants out of Green Bay. Uh, he made that kind of clear at the end of, at the, end of the, uh, the, the, the fourth down call, basically. Uh, during, during the, during the playoffs, during, la- uh, during, uh, what was it January? And so he made that clear that, you know, that was not the call to, to go and, and put it, put the game in Tom Brady's hands and he should have had a shot and it was bad play call and, th- and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I, I thought it was the day before anyways, day of the draft comes out. I guess I, I feel like he just got livid the day of the draft because they w- didn't include him in the draft. Like, is that what spurred yeah, this on the day of? Last year in the draft, so he's like, I'm going to screw you all over media-wise this year. And then they still didn't really do anything for help no. on him. No, yeah. he's still not getting much help. Um, you know, last year, it started last year, I think. There was already, like, the rumblings, and then they drafted Jordan Love in the first round instead of drafting him, like, receiver, running back, or whatever help on offense. Instead, they got his replacement. And yeah. then you go through this year and you have whatever unfolded there. And now he's he's over it and he wants to be a member of another team now. So, um, I just don't know how they're going to move him. And that's what I was about to ask. It, is it's like the Russell Wilson deal a couple months ago. Like, if you're going to go get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, like, what legitimately are you going to have to give up? I mean, if yeah. you can give up just straight up a ton of draft picks, I'd be cool with that move. But if you got to start giving up starters on your probably defense, maybe an offensive guy here or there, like you're taking your team down a couple notches to improve at one spot. Like, yeah, it's got to be um, draft pick. We're gonna do it. And there's, I don't know who's gonna. Uh, do it. it it depends on on who's gonna try and bid for him, honestly, because like. Um, one take that I heard was, was Cleveland, um, because not that they would, not, not that they would actually do it, but as far as like conceptualizing, like where Aaron Rodgers would win a ring next year, basically. And like, uh, one, one person was like Cleveland because they got two great running backs. They got two, three great wide receivers. They have a, they have this, the best O-line in football and a great defense. And they, they made the playoffs last year with a mediocre to good. I don't I, it's hard to call Baker good, but like he played he played the cards right. He did his job. He set him up for success like they did. Yeah. 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 He can manage and do good enough. And so like 
Aaron Rodgers going to that exact Cleveland roster right now, I think would make them a Super Bowl favorite. I don't know what. Okay, so I guess lead. I guess moving the conversation forward, where do you think he would have the most impact? I just don't know who has the capital and the space to actually take him. They keep saying Denver, San Francisco. Apparently, San Francisco never even said the words Aaron Rodgers when they talked to each other. So that was, I guess, BS. But like Denver's always been a case. Besides that, I don't know. I think it's just a bunch of smoke, and I don't know if there's ever going to be any fire out of it all. Yeah. Yeah, we never got anything out I of think, the Russell Wilson trade. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is bluffing. He's not that type to do that. I agree. To I agree do with that. that side of it. Yeah. I, I would, I don't think he'll be traded, but I do see the scenario where he just doesn't play next year. He sits out. Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't think he cares that much about not playing. I think he's got enough opportunities elsewhere to keep him busy. Yeah, well, how, how much might not he, be Jeopardy, but I mean, how many uh, how many years on his contract? I uh, I don't know how many years. I know we're. It's not like he has a lot of years left. Um, Fun fact: Packers have never had a quarterback more than sixteen years. Yeah, Bart Starr was sixteen years. Brett Favre, years. Aaron Rodgers just played sixteen years. That's crazy. That, that when I saw that, I was like, "No way, no way." Three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have all played sixteen years. That's weird. In the middle of Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, contract, I mean, his contract ends. I think next year. It looks like. Oh no no no! He's 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 signed through twenty twenty three. So he's, he's got another we'll two two years know. left on that contract, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, I mean, it all depends because if – you know, I it's a tough one because if you're the Packers, you don't have to trade him. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, you don't have to play football. So it's just kind of like who's going to break first, I guess. And I would put my money on the Packers being like, well, let's at least get something out of – out of Aaron Rodgers, if he's just going to go not play football, we're just going to have <laughs> – why don't we get a little bit of something for him? But like Dustin said, I don't know what the market looks like for him. Who's going to go give – we already saw – Who's, like, who's going to give enough? Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like imagine what you got to give up for Rodgers. Like Matt Stafford's like number, I don't know, eight on the quarterback chart. I'm just making up a – I'd give him top ten, uh, like pure skill. He's not MVP level. Oh no, uh, Aaron Rodgers is top three every like, single year. Under that, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how much would have to be given up, and and who would be willing to give up that much, and who would eat that much cap space. Yeah, because uh, like two- that that's another issue. You'd have to be a team. You'd have to be one of those teams that has like really young defense, something like that, where you're not paying a lot of guys a lot of money yet. And you're set up well on that end where you can just kind of give up some picks, go try to win one in like the next two years <laughs> and then call it. I don't know. Washington football team would be interesting. They're, they're like young defense. They're not having to pay a lot of people. They could got that a really good, good young receiver. But what would, um, how, but they'd have to give up like almost yeah, they, like they would have half, to give up of, a lot half of their shit that, that makes them good right now. Sacrifice every draft pick I have if I could get them. Oh yeah, that would be yeah. Fuck, fuck the draft. If, like, if, if you feel like you're that, if you feel like you're Aaron Rodgers away from a Super Bowl, 
Why not? Like, I would, like literally five years of draft picks, six years, ten years. Like, fuck yeah. it. It doesn't. There's the so draft, many teams that have the dra- You can you can play free agency just as well as you can play the draft, and with free agency, yeah. you can actually see what they're going to be like as NFL players. Whereas the draft is a crapshoot. So like, fuck, fuck the draft pick. Yeah, get rid get rid of literally ten years of it if you have to for Aaron Rodgers. All day. Yeah. All day. For sure. Um, so let's take a look. Since we're, we're, we're talking about the draft, let's look at the draft itself. We're going to take a quick review of it, kind of see which teams did well, uh, which teams lost. And uh, uh, Dustin, take us away on this one. I mean, I, I know you have kind of a little stat sheet there going. So I'll go in on my Cowboys rant for, to continue from Thursday night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Apparently. Bring that same energy, Dustin. There Bring that go. same energy. Where's Wade in the background screaming out, <laughs> fuck yous? <laughs> Here, I'll take my shot just to start us off. Okay. Get that off my list. Now I feel better. There you go. So, <laughs> everybody else loves this pick. I still don't love the pick. Now, you decline Leighton Van Der Esch's fifth-year option, so he might be gone after next year. But you still have three really good linebackers. Maybe you're going to get rid of two of them after this year and just roll with Micah Parsons from here out. Um, but overall, the Cowboys did good in the draft. You got a lineman. You got eight defensive players out of your, like, <laughs> 11 picks, I think. Yeah. Like you, And you got a 6-4 corner, which is what you were looking for. You were looking for a long corner. So, like, overall, they did really good. If you can figure out, like, what to do with that linebacker depth chart and get Micah Parsons front and center, this could work out really well. But at the moment, I think they should have just went uh, with Slater, the lineman from Northwestern. Uh, What sucks about the trade they made was – now, stick with me here. The Eagles moved up to take Devontae Smith, who is one of the best and most electric wide receivers in this draft. You're going to have to guard him for two games with the corners you did not take. Yep. That sucks real bad. You just gave your rival a great player that you can't guard for two games. I mean, they they don't have anybody to throw him the football. Yeah, but y'all y'all got unfortunate there where you know they it did. seemed like y'all were gonna get one of those two linebackers and then they went off the board to you're like wait what? <laughs> yeah, and I don't think the Cowboys expected Denver and Carolina to play. Yeah, I think they expected one of them's gonna take one, the other guy's gonna be there. We're okay. So I think when it came to their pick and they see Sertan get taken, they're like, no, no, whoa, what? Yeah, they were like, let's let's take it back a little bit, re-figure yeah, things. Got, they kind of got caught by surprise. And then, I mean, they still got arguably the best defensive player in the draft, so that's a plus. Now they just got to figure out how to use them. Uh, so we'll see from there. Um, we'll see. I don't have any losers in my draft because, I mean, who am I to analyze that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but winners – I definitely would put the Chicago Bears as my winner of this draft. They did good. You moved up, and you took one of the best quarterbacks in this draft and an electric quarterback that you, 
usually you don't get. Yeah, <laughs> no, the, the, all their quarterbacks are, are a complete snooze fest. Yeah, you either take losers or dudes that aren't that good <laughs> and ex- hope they are good. You took a proven winner that is an awesome quarterback and won a ton in college, and he's going to change like what Chicago can do for the next handful of years for sure. Yeah, restored hope to their Great. fan base for sure. Great move. You know, it's, it's kind of weird – but I think this is one of the first years of the draft where outside of that linebacker pick, uh, uh, because Dallas filled all the holes that they needed to fill or like work towards the deficiencies that they needed, that they needed to work towards. Right. And so I'm like, this is one of the first years where I watched the draft and I, I, I watched, watched quite a bit of it. And uh, it felt like every team in the draft did what they needed to get out of it. And I don't feel like anybody just had a complete shit draft and had a complete joke of a pick. Like everybody filled spots that they kind of needed. And I, I, I'm really trying to think of who completely blew it on a pick. I don't know where I'm trying to look at and think of it. And I'm, I'm like, I don't remember, or I don't remember thinking or seeing anybody where I was like, Oh, that was a dumb spot. Like no. the linebacker pick, like, okay. Like we were laughing about it for a little while, but then like, there, there, there's ways to play around that, and you know. Yep, yep, it could work out pretty well. But the only, the only first rounder that I saw got some slack was the Raiders pick of yeah. uh, the lineman Leatherwood, or whatever his name was. Right. Um, a lot of people had him as like a second, third round grade, and but well, he's huge. <laughs> the Raiders, what they did, they just flip flopped their first and second round picks. Yeah, because they took yeah. the PPU safety in the second round. When he had a first round grade as the yeah. best safety, so you basically took him first and Leatherwood second. It should work out anyways. Yeah, it was, it was my backwards <laughs> Raiders. I had uh, some winners and losers. The, okay, let, let's hear let's hear your winners and losers, Brooks. Uh, my winners, I also agree with Dustin. The Bears, I think they made the biggest move in the first round. It was pretty dull draft up to that point. And then when we saw them make that trade, we all knew what it was for. Um, I'm just, you know, Jill, I'm excited for her to be able to have a quarterback that's, like, entertaining and brings them a little bit of faith. Just nice to see a team like that that has a lot of national love uh, make a right pick. I had the football team as a winner. They had a lot of really good draft picks, I thought. And I don't think they made any, like, absurd reach on anybody. They're going to let Fitzmagic, you know, kind of ride the ship. But they didn't go, like, they're going to wait and buy their time on getting a quarterback, which I think is kind of smart. Like, mm-hmm. all the top ones went out, and they didn't go just try to put all their hope and faith in some uh, other quarterback. Some rookie. Um, yeah, so I kind of like that move, and I thought they loaded up on defense and offense as well. Uh, so it is a good spot. Well, next year, two years from now, they can try to find that quarterback of the future. And I just had the Bucks in there because I think they added a lot of good guys on their team that don't really have to play that they can develop because they kept everybody from last year. Yeah, they did. So they're not going to get anybody that they're expecting big impacts from right now. They're going to be able to learn from guys who are really good at every position and they're just going to add to their depth. It's just kind of like a, the rich get richer type thing for them. Yeah. Uh, and they got Kyle Trask who I thought was a sneaky, good pick for them. 
who can learn from Tom Brady, the GOAT, and Bruce Arians, who's a great offensive mind, and Byron uh, – who's their offensive co- coordinator, Byron Leftwich, or whatever his name is? I can't remember. The Bucks, um, Yeah, Byron Leftwich for sure. So he can learn from them, so I thought that was pretty good. And then losers really is just because they didn't have much. Like the Seahawks only had three picks in the whole draft, and they didn't get really anything for – to help Russ on that offensive line green Bay. Cause the Rogers news <laughs> and then in the saints, I, I didn't really know what they were doing with their draft. Um, I don't, I feel like they got a lot of holes to fill now with Drew Brees leaving. And I don't really buy into Taysom Hill being a winning starting quarterback. We'll, we'll, we'll um, see how that plays out. Cause he would, did, did he go three, you know, four, no, uh, he lost to the J- Jalen Hurts led Eagles in a game. Oh yeah. Um, I thought he did. But right. I, I just I don't really know what they're doing there. I didn't really yeah. see any I picks that I really through and saw that and saw, thought the same thing about the Saints. Yeah. I just there was nobody that really struck me as like oh that was a great pick. I know their first round pick. A lot of guys had a second round grade on it. We're kind of shocked that he went there. So I don't just didn't do anything to really move the needle. But yeah. like this is just it's just kind of nitpicking to find teams that I thought right you know kind of had like, a bad like, draft like it was what I just said like everybody kind of like for the most part ninety nine percent of the draft everybody was like kind of filling spots that they needed and there was no yeah. like what the hell were they thinking thing like unfortunately and and uh, like like Dallas is, is kind of set in the re- set in a good spot Cleveland is set in a good spot and usually. And the Jets even kind of knew what they were going for. And so, and like, usually one of those three teams will give you a what-the-fuck pick. Like, like, like at least one. At least one. And and who knows that what-the-fuck pick might have been Zach Wilson at number two. But we just dude, don't I know anything. More and more. Because I'm like, sure, he might be good, but the Jets are still going to put a crappy team around him. Yeah. Like, I don't care how good you are. It's it's going to be like the Johnny Manziel days in Cleveland. Like, oh yeah, good luck. You're going to be running for your life and yep. trying to throw a football. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I I still feel like that's going to be the, the case with the Jets. Uh, I and it was a clean draft. Like there was just no craziness. I don't know. It was a little yeah. boring. It was a little boring. Like for how uh, much absurdity we were supposed to have with this draft? Not much really happened. Right? The Trey Lance pick kind of settled everything down. How route, okay. I, I, I thought it was a little hilarious that the most Bill Belichick player in the entire draft went to the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mac Jones is just kind of a pocket passer and, and kind of a boring dude and kind of yeah. keeps to himself. And he, he he's the most, like, like mirror image of Bill Belichick, I feel like, as a player. Translates to the NFL very successfully. See, here's where I'd like to argue that for a little bit. What he does doesn't work well in the regular season, but what he does, which is very pass efficient and stays in the pocket, and that works extremely well in the playoffs. For who besides Tom Brady? Literally most of the quarterbacks that do well in the the playoffs are passers because it's all change yardage. And it's yeah, all. But we also have the escapability. Besides Tom, you have escapability in semi-athleticism. 
Mahomes, even Aaron Josh Rogers Allen, Aaron Rodgers. Athleticism. Then you have the dudes that are like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen that can really get out and move the pocket. And like in this day, this day and age of the NFL, and especially with offensive coordinators, how they've developed playbooks and offenses, like you have to be able to move and extend plays. There's you can't Tom Brady this anymore. You can't sit there like Tom Brady and Matt Ryan are a dying breed very quickly of being able to sit in the pocket and move up and throw the ball in three, four seconds. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what he's like when he doesn't have all the best receivers anymore, when he has kind of a, what's one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL, the best wide receivers, the best running back. The best offensive line. (laughs) It's just like he had a a wealth of talent there. And literally, like, we're like months away from all these NFL analysts ripping Tua apart because, well, they're not Alabama open. He might not be that good of a quarterback anymore. He had too good of an offense at Alabama. That's why he looked so good. And then they're propping up Mac Jones for the same things. Like, I just, I just think that there, there's just, there, there's potential in it, and and he's going I think to a coach who who coaches that kind of offense. I think it's good that he can sit for a year and spot start Cam when he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to play this year a ton. That'll help him develop a little more. Yeah. Come next year, what happens? Mac is just Cam spelled backwards. Do y'all ah. remember? Uh, uh, oh. Uh, that did, was, not, did y'all not see those tweets? No, I didn't see that. That was that was dad level 10,000. 10, there was wrote. a lot of tweets that were like, if you spell Cam backwards, it spells Mac. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> uh, do y'all remember who was the quarterback for the Broncos? Oh, that was Peyton. Peyton. That was Peyton. I'm trying to uh, – so what? So here's what I'm doing. All right, so so I, I pulled up the last – the last uh, – Huh? When they were last good or last year? No, 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 no. Uh, in, in 2016, the Denver Broncos when they won the Super Bowl. That's what I was trying to think of. So, I, I, so, so here, here's what I was doing. All right, I, I was, I was, I was pulling up the Super Bowl wins from let's say the last ten years, and it's a pocket passer, and then running quarterback, pocket passer, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He, that was kind of he wasn't running, pocket passer. I'm not uh, saying pocket passer, pocket yeah, passer, pocket passer, running quarterback. Look at the offenses the last two pocket passer. Years. I'm looking at who's winning Super Bowls. That's the goal. Yeah, all those are Tom Brady. But but like no, <laughs> uh, there there's Peyton Manning. There is uh, what's his name from the Ravens? Uh, that was uh, yeah, he's pretty much dead. But 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 he was a pocket passer when they won. Um, yeah, but it's it's times change. NBA's changed uh, in the last Steelers, ten years. Steelers pocket passer. Uh, you feel so good. Do you? So you feel? I hope your Stanford quarterback stays in the pocket when Deshaun Watson's not there and he just gets obliterated because he can't move. Oh no, Houston! I, I know is a, a, a crapshoot in that. In that times change. Like even looking back to just ten years ago, it, NFL's so different. All sports have changed in the last ten years. So oh, yeah. going back to like. 2000, I'm, even 2014, 15. That's like everything's changed so much since then. In the NFL, if you watch, changes faster than anybody. They are changing from week one to week seven. Yeah, pretty drastically. I get them. it, 
but I mean, it's just it, later, it's just to to Matt say Ryan, that Mac Jones doesn't have a shot. I, I I'm not saying be, he doesn't be, have because, a shot because there there's this unable. Uh, but it's just to say he doesn't have a shot because the the surgeons of mobile quarterbacks are are winning regular season MVPs. I and and you look at the last ten years of quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl. 90 or sorry, let's say 70% being pocket passing quarterbacks. Like you can't really argue too, too much with that statistic. Yeah. When Tom Brady is half of the stats, it's still winning quarterback. That's what I'm looking at. Nobody does what Tom Brady does. So you can't really compare that. to I don't know. know. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Uh, do we have a, uh, does anybody have a printout or a list of the Texas tech players that I drafted? Who, who, who did we get? Who did we get? Um, I'll start at the bottom with our last two guys so we can kind of quickly go through them. Eli Howard, defensive end, went to the Falcons as a free agent, and TJ Vasher, free agent to the Cowboys. I mean, both those guys kind of have slim chances to make it. I mean, mostly Vasher because he doesn't play special teams and the Cowboys are loaded at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, like, Maybe he'll play good enough to get picked up by another team during that time. Um, Jack Anderson to the Bills. That adds good depth for the Bills. I think that's a good spot for him if he can make the cut. Uh, Good spot to kind of be a backup for a couple years and learn and maybe fill in in another year or two when they have to kind of pay off a dude, go somewhere else. But then Zach McPherson, we talked about him last week. He was a big winner of the draft. He got in the fourth round of the Eagles. Hopefully he can – Probably see the field quite a bit this year, right, Brooks? Yeah, the Eagles have been slim on the, in the defensive back department the last couple of years. I think they made some. They might have made some free agency pickups there. I'm not really sure. I'm not a, diving into the Eagles, but I mean, he was our best. I thought he was the best defensive back player we've had at Tech in a while um kind of a ball hawk dude just always was around making plays so he brings that with his athleticism and all that to the table i mean he can fight for some playing time that's for sure i mean decent decent showing i mean two of the guys got picked two others got picked up nothing nothing crazy happened with them nothing that we didn't yeah. expect, to be honest i think honestly i think vasher's in the worst spot of them all of them all Maybe. Yeah, I kind of was a little shocked he didn't get drafted. I thought he would at least go – someone would take a flyer on him in the late rounds. But Yeah, his problem is he's – I mean, he's 6'6", but like, <laughs> he's had all these problems, and so he's going to be low on the depth chart or non-existent. Yeah. And those guys, to make a roster, have to play special teams. Like, he's not a dude that's playing special teams. So, <laughs> Lanky ass running out there to the – <laughs> or sixth or seventh wide receiver if you're not running on punt and kickoff coverage. <laughs> yeah, he, he might have to end up actually looking at, at either transferring out of Dallas or playing on the practice squad for a year. Thanks for Portal. Yep. <laughs> huh? <laughs> on that. I don't get I didn't hear it. You said he's going to transfer out. He's an NFL player now. He's on their contract. Well, <laughs> he ain't transferring nowhere. 
But can't they? If they don't get picked up for the for the thirty two or for the practice squad, they can go somewhere else, right? He's gonna probably get cut and not make a roster, That's, and okay. hopefully play well enough to get picked up somewhere else to practice squad fill in. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah he'll be floating around for a little bit. Well, we'll see. Um, so it's gonna kind of wrap up the NFL talk for this week. Let's go ahead and jump over to the NBA. We're gonna check in there. Um. <laughs> Do you have a stat of the week, Dustin? Yeah, dog. Oh, there it is. That's right. I see right now. after All we right. talk about Jokic. We're, we're, in, we're in the NBA talk. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into the NBA discussion. All right. Sorry for the sound delay there. Um, so, uh, NBA check-in. We're going we're gonna to take a look at the NBA wins pull update. Dustin is sitting in third place. I'm getting a little bit of ground on him on this one, finally. Uh, I'm uh, He's at 178 wins. I'm in second place with 181. That's where the actual race of this thing is since Brooks decided to leave us in the dust maybe two weeks into this thing. Uh, Brooks is sitting in first place at 216 wins, officially clinching first place, which means the race is now in between me and Dustin for... This uh, this bet or the the on, on the NBA wins pool where the loser has to buy a jersey picked by the other two, so uh, mm, gotta be thinking. You only yeah. got about two weeks left. Yeah, with a little less games than everybody's. That. Everybody's down to eight or less games, so yeah. there's not much time, folks. All right, so um. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. I, I'm 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 developing a little cushion here, and I got some some teams that are trying to make some pushes for this uh for this playoff seating. So hopefully uh hopefully I can pull up that win. I don't know. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the NBA shotgun itself. Uh, Brooks, you want to take this one? Yes, sir. So starting off, one of our least teams and a team that was featured in our shot bet. This past week, we'll get into that shot bet later. But the Los Angeles Lakers, they were kind of in a free fall there for a little bit. We're at the five seed and then found themselves in the seventh seed at one point, which is in the playoff uh, playing games. And LeBron, not a big fan of the playing games all of a sudden when you're looking at being in the playing games. But this has been a familiar thing. The Mavericks made similar comments when they were in there. Uh, and then all of a sudden went on a little winning streak to put themselves kind of in a uh, a little bit ahead. But Lakers struggling. LeBron's back on the, you know, on the bench, resting his ankle. They were able to pull off a big win against the Nuggets. But um, tough for them. If, if LeBron's not going to be healthy, they could find themselves in that playing game. And we're unsure of what LeBron's really going to be like with that ankle. Yep. Yeah, they've really struggled without LeBron in the past, like, what, month almost? Yeah. Starting to slip and slip and slip, and now LeBron's like, I'm not going to be 100% ever again in my life. I mean, he's never had, a, like, an injury kind of like this, so it will be will be interesting to see. I think he'll still be all right, but, I mean, he only played, like, two games and is already – like complaining about that ankle bothering him. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. But, and I just, I don't know for them. It, it's scary. The only thing that's going to keep them afloat is their defense is really good. I mean, they shut that Nuggets team down. Uh, that's how they were able to win that one. 
I want to go back to talking about the whole uh, play-in game. Because uh-huh. he was, like, last year. Oh, he was all for it. He was all for it when, like, it was the Kings and the Pelicans and the Blazers. And now he thinks it's a bunch of BS because he has to play in it. Well, well, let me push back on that a little bit because last year's play-in was different. It was just the eight and nine seed that we're playing. This year it's the seven, eight, nine, and ten. So if you're the seven seed, last year you would have been fine, but this year you're having to play potentially like two games just to make it in. Yeah. And you know when he's been hurt, their team's been hurt. That I understand kind of his frustration. I, I just don't like that it, you complain about it when you're looking like you could possibly be in it. it it's it's not bad. really, yeah. It's hard to relate when you're, you know. Hey, I'm the same way when the Mavericks a month ago were bitching about it. Like, yeah, I like the setup of the seven, seven, eight, nine, ten tournament. A little like double elimination looking bracket. Yeah. Seven plays eight, winner gets in and gets the seven seed, and then the other three teams play it out. Basically, um, I think it's a cool setup and helps. Now, like you got ten games and you have. Yeah like 12 teams still fighting for stuff. Like you're keeping teams in it. And then you're yeah, I was going to get into that a little bit down the, the list here. I got, got some scenarios and stuff so we can kind of dive all into that there if you want. Yeah. I mean, let's, oh, yeah, just go let, ahead let, let's send it. What do you got? Yeah, let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brooks. Well, I was going to break down what it looks like right now and then we can kind of talk about it from there. So right now, this is why I like it. And I think this is what you're going to get into is it keeps more teams competitive longer. Yeah. Um, right. And so, I mean, the Wizards are still hanging around and they were the yeah. worst team in basketball the first month. Right. And like the 10 seed normally at this point in the season would, would be like, ah, let's just try to get a higher draft pick right now. But now they have the chance of like, hey, we could possibly, all we got to do is win two games and we could be in the playoffs. And then it kind of makes the season feel a little worth it to them. So here's our, here's how it sits right now. Uh, in the Western, uh, Western Conference, the Mavericks sit at the five seed and the Lakers at the six seed. They're both tied. They both have the same record. The Blazers are the seven, who, and they're one game back of the uh, Mavs and Lakers. And then, so that's kind of your yeah. battle for that last spot. It's going to be between those three teams because the Warriors are four and a half back of the Mavs, right. Lakers, Grizzlies are same, four and a half back. And Spurs are five and a half back. So it's basically a battle between Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs on who's going to get that eight spot. And then the other teams are going to, you know, have to face up. So right now it'd be Blazers, Warriors, which Dame versus Steph. Awesome. Love that. And then it's Grizzlies, Spurs, which is kind of like, all right, we'll take it. It's not bad. But getting Dame versus Steph in a freaking playing game, that is like best case scenario for the NBA. That's why they're doing this. It gives you that potential, and that's awesome. The Pelicans are trying to creep in there at that 10 spot, aren't they? Yeah, they're a little bit back. One Um, game. You could get Jaw versus. They're one game out. One game out of the Spurs. I I just, I don't know. I don't trust their, I don't trust them. (laughs) Well, yeah, if you're the NBA and you can get. Steph versus Dame in one game and Jaw versus Zion in another game. Oh, yeah. 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 Gosh, you've reached. What a, what a yeah. Thing. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that's exciting. And, and you're giving these teams a reason to play. Like the Kings are still, 
not theoretically out of it. They would have to basically win every game out, but they still have a chance, you know, so it's not like they're packing it up. But uh, other side, we go to the Eastern Conference, and it's the Hawks are the five seed right now. The Heat are a game back of them in the sixth spot. The Celtics are a game and a half back of the Hawks. The Hornets are three and a half back. And then it kind of goes Pacers five games, Wizards five and a half. And that's kind of you're looking at your Eastern spots. The Raptors are three and a half back of the Wizards right now. Um, and the Bulls are still kind of in it, I guess. But they've got to go on a – both of those teams would have to go on a streak here to win. hell of a run. But Eastern, those matchups. But yeah. if, you, if you can still get the Wizards in there with, with – Oh, yeah. Bill and Russell Westbrook with how those guys are just – Oh, mean, yeah. Just, oh, the, well, NBA, the NBA wants the I, Wizards in there bad. I think it gives you some good matchups here, right? You got the Celtics and the Hornets getting LaMelo in that Hornets team, which has been really fun this year in there against the Celtics. Like the Celtics could bounce in that game. That is going to be a, that is going to be bad for the Celtics. And then, you know, the other matchup Pacers wizards and Pacers kind of boring, but I mean, yeah, like you said, the wizards, you know, a, a Wizards-Celtics uh, matchup to get in would be kind of fun. Um, so, it, it's... Bradley Beal and yeah. Russell Westbrook, who they'll do anything to not lose a basketball game if they're in a, backed into a corner like that. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be fun to watch if they get there. I think it's definitely played out the best way possible for the NBA this year is you're going to have absolute superstars in all of these games, basically. I mean, even the Hornets got LaMelo. LaMelo, while being a rookie, has been really great, and he has a pretty big following. Um, and so it, it's going to be fun. It's going to feel like NCAA tournament kind of in a way. Um, but I, I do like what it's provided, and it's definitely given teams more incentive to compete rather than halfway through the season, we're not going to make it. Let's just go full tank job. Uh, gave a lot of teams a reason to stick around for a little bit longer. But I guess that'll transition us to a guy we were just talking about, Russell Westbrook. He, this season, will have his fourth season averaging a triple-double. I mean, I've gotten tired of it, but it still is pretty impressive that he's just become a normal thing for him to average triple-doubles. He had the stat of the week when he beat all 32 teams with multiple triple doubles. Yeah. Yeah. Pooed on it. <laughs> and now you gotta, I mean, backtrack a little bit, but yeah, he can literally play every game the rest of the season and have zero, zero, zero club trail it across the board and still average a triple double, which mm-hmm. yeah, that's the most ridiculous part of all this, that he could play like seven more games with no stats and still get it. Yeah. Like, God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just, I just don't really know what it provides. Like, it's cool. It hasn't shown anything. Yeah. Like, we have just never won. Of a test sample over his whole career that it hasn't given you anything. Like, he's just one of those players that doesn't. He's a great basketball player, but not a great team basketball player. Yeah. Yeah. He's always needed to take a step back, I think. Like, let other players kind of do the scoring because he's a great passer and can do a lot of other things, but he's not the shot maker that he kind of was when he was a little bit younger. Yeah, I think it's just the inconsistent, like, decision-making. Because, like, he's 
I mean, he literally had 24 assists the other night or 21 assists the other night. Like, he'll he'll get the assists. It's kind of like the th- same thing James Harden was going through a few years ago. Yeah. Of like only being a dude about himself, but then he gets all these assists too. Yeah. Assists, his his usage rate himself. has just been yeah. through the roof. Yeah. yeah kind of like BS, BS like stats. Like he pads them up pretty decent. Um, and that's obviously shown to not get the team. Not get far. Me. Yeah. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't bring a team very far at all. And that's the issue and with it. Yeah, it's always a first-round playoff exit for him. Yep. And, you know, his MVP from that one year has kind of been scrutinized as one of the, oh, we messed up here. We should have probably given it to somebody else. But that kind of transitions into the next topic is we have our MVP for this year. It's oh, been yeah. determined. Um, it's while, it's, yeah, while it's not, you know, announced yet, it will be Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets. He oh, will be this year's MVP. Yes. And well-deserving. Um, man, he's been incredible this year. Uh, mm-hmm. His ability his ability at that size to pass the ball like he does, to shoot the ball like he does, and to create offense, it's just it's pretty unheard of from a guy his size. And he makes it look incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. He creates opportunities for all of his teammates. Um, I have an interesting little nugget. Kind of going off of Russell Westbrook, who we were just talking about. Huh? See what I did there? So, so Nikola Jokic leads the league in touches, but he's nowhere near leading the league in time with the ball. When he oh, touches I, the ball, I'm it's those quick little touch passes, right? So, no, like, it'll be, a, yeah, like a little give and go to Michael Porter Jr., and then he'll dump it back, or he'll catch the ball, swing it to a guy who's open for three. So he's getting the ball a lot, but he's creating offense quick. He's not one of those guys who has to dribble it out a lot to create offense. And this was the stat that I saw. So Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook's usage rate in his MVP season with the Oklahoma City Thunder was 41.7. That's a ridiculously high usage rate. I think at the time it was the highest usage rate in NBA history. I think Harden has since broke that when he was with the Rockets. Jokic's this season is 29.4. Jesus. So is so he's, he's just, doing uh, so much more with the ball in his hands less, right? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's not, efficient. He's efficient. He's getting dudes the ball right in the spot where they want it right on time. He's not having to carry the ball out for 20 seconds on the shot clock and then kick it to somebody. He's creating quick, efficient, fast offense. And he's got, you know, it's just a system that's built around him. And they've, Michael Porter Jr. is having an amazing season. And we thought when Jamal Murray got hurt that this Nuggets team might fall down. And they've only, like, improved their standings. They're, like, the three seed now in the Western Conference. The fact that he is probably the best or second best passer, like, it's in the league at center. Like, Yeah. Yeah. He's averaging 8.5 assists per game. 8.5. And like I watch, I love watching clips of him because he looks like the most unathletic dude on the court. And then he'll get a ball and Pat Mahomes it, and yeah. there's a layup like in two seconds later. Like what? <laughs> and he has this like ridiculous little step back jumper that he's not like yeah. doing the crazy hard step no. back or whatever. It's just like a little step back, and he like hawks this. And he just shoots it, and it's, it's like nothing lazy, but the bottom of the net every it's time. Like a lazy oh, yeah, 
like he's, super lazy dark fade. He's just incredible. And, Dude, I love and, watching him because yeah. he does not look like he looks like the forty year old white dude dad that like just goes and plays rec ball. Yeah. And then beats you all the time with his little slow moves, but they're super good fundamental moves. And you just never know what you're going to do. And he's so smart. He's played every game this season, which is not a common thing with players in the NBA. And that's why he's mostly going to get this MVP. Yeah. All the other contenders have missed a significant amount of time. Not like a little, no, like a significant amount. Too much. But that's not the only reason. He's been dominant this year. Oh, he did it himself too. Yeah, yeah. no, no shame on that. So he's almost a fifty. He's almost a 50, 40, 90 guy. Which, like, the only guys who really do that are Steph Curry, and he's almost that as a center, yeah. a point center, which is another yeah. just adaption to basketball, which is just crazy that you can have a guy his size. He's awesome. Leading your team in assists he's and so scoring. Cool. And, so, if we're talking impact, though, why, why such the gap? Uh, created in between him and CP3. Like, what do you mean gap? Well, like, I mean, uh, like, 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 I, it was in between the two of them for quite a, for a little while there because you know the impact that 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 Chris Paul has had in 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 Phoenix. Um, the MVP. Yeah. Oh, Chris Paul was not going to ever get the MVP. He was. There was talk about. Um, that. They, he's gonna get votes. He's he's gonna finish top five, but um, he's, he I don't think anybody's gonna vote him as first place because just because statistically, like Chris Paul's impact is definitely felt right. You can't deny that. But numbers wise, he's not like putting up numbers that Jokic is. Jokic is oh, averaging yeah. ridiculous numbers. He's played every single game, and you know without him, this team is completely nothing. I still think the Suns can theoretically be all right without Chris Paul they're not going to be as good but you just it, it's just the effect he has on the other players with his passing his ability to create for other guys and his guys ability to play off of him is just ridiculous I I mean I, I really respect what Chris Paul's did this year it's just it's hard to n- deny Jokic at this point what he's done so in your opinion who's who's second who's second place for this Man, I it's think I think injuries. it's hard with the injuries. It's going to be the hardest NBA, like voting for all NBA teams this I year. Think, I, I think it's going to come down to Jokic and Chris Paul by the end of it. That's what I, would I think. think. That's what if I, I was voting, I would go Jokic one. I would go maybe Giannis two. Giannis Joel and B three. Mm, yeah, Chris Paul four. Okay, Steph Curry. Or Steph five, maybe. I just I I think winning has to be yeah. a lot of it. Um it yeah. always is. I mean, they pick winners most of the time. Now, I, I always just, look at it. I was just kind of curious. My deal on the MVP is always what is that team without that player, right? And the Nuggets, I are a completely different team if they don't have Jokic. They have to completely change their identity right. if they don't have Jokic because he does so much for them. I think the Suns' identity changes quite a bit without Chris Paul too, but I still think they are a they're a better team. team. They're a better team than the, than the Nuggets would be without without Jokic. So like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I get your standpoint there. You're right. You're I I see it that and from that perspective, yes. I just feel like like 
like Chris Paul bringing them to to the best record in oh, the yeah. NBA. I, I it's hard to like, I guess, kind of say that there's a massive gap, but like you like yeah. point point wise, stat wise, no, it's not even a competition. It was uh, just for me, it's just impact. Yeah, and and I also think Devin Booker pulls a little bit of that off of Chris Paul. True. But, because Devin Booker is a one of the best players in the NBA as and well, a, and an established All Star, like not yeah. even not even just a brand new one. Like he, he's he did it, he did it by himself, you know for for yeah for a like while. Like Jamal Murray is a like kind of a tier under Booker in my eyes, right? He's kind of what you envision. Like a lot of people saw him as a Devin Booker, K- Kentucky, same kind of thing. He's just not on that level yet. And like, as we see here, the Nuggets are doing fine without him. Yeah. Roles reversed. You know, like we just talked about, you know, if it's Jamal Murray carrying that team, I don't really know how good that team is. If it's Devin Booker carrying the team, there's a shot. I think you're going to be okay. You you have a shot. You you have a shot without CPI. I, I I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, but I, I mean, just, I'm I was just kind of curious. So I was, I was like, I've loved what he's done this season. Uh, it's like it's just impressive what he's done the last two seasons. That Thunder team last year was supposed to be a freaking a oh, lottery team, and, and, and they took them t- to almost the second round. <laughs> they, he, they turned into a threat. Yeah. Like, no, no. I, I was just like, like, like MVP voting. I, I I get it. They go for the stats and they go for the like the big winners. But I I I I hope. I, I hope CP gets at least second. I mean, I really do. Yeah, um, I, I I think... he'll, he'll get a lot of votes this year. I, I'm yeah. not doubting that at all. But yep. it'll just it'll be interesting because injuries are going to play a huge part in all of this. Yeah, but it's just a regular season thing, anyways. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. it's fun to talk about, but in the end, like when was the last uh, season MVP that won the title? Um. Probably one of uh, Steph Curry, <laughs> maybe Kevin, maybe Steph, Kev, maybe Steph. Steph Curry, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Golden State guys did it. All right. Anyways, um, cool. Did we have anything else to talk about NBA? Uh, I know we got yeah, stats and stat. We got stat of the week coming up. I think is that is that the next topic? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Take that for data. So we can actually credit side credit Brooks giving me this one but also credit to Zach Cram gave us a little good NBA stat here the top five most efficient offenses in NBA history have been this year and out of the eight there's seven of the eight and one of the other ones is from last year so this year you have the Nets the Clippers the Nuggets the Jazz and the Blazers as the five best ever NBA offensive inefficiency numbers. Like <laughs> crazy in the same year, all this year, all at once. And then, then you had last year's Mavericks and then you have this year's bucks and this year's sons at seven and eight. That's insanity. Just, you're having a season where you have all the best offenses ever. That's crazy. The but Clippers the, surprised the, me off of that list, but like the Nets, the Nuggets. But scoring has been has been high all season. Yeah, but that's efficiency. So that's not just them jacking up terrible shots and going. We like, want to, we're good at it. Yeah, that's scoring and taking good shots consistently, um, over and over, and that's 
And that's probably a lot of threes. A lot of those teams are the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And so it's not like they're going 10 for 40 from three. They're they're shooting those shots very efficiently. How offenses are going in the NBA. But that's, I mean, yeah, it's the direction of the NBA. That's crazy, though. That is a crazy statistic. Jesus. Yeah, I saw that one, and I had to, I had to, that that's was good. Like, Yo, check this out. That's, that's yeah, really good. Yeah, for that. yeah, that pretty much wraps up most of the NBA. I mean, play, yeah, potential yeah. playoff matchups. There is a chance that we might see the battle for LA in the first round. Um, that is a potential matchup. We got, we got it stolen from us last year, but. We could the, see them as the, the Clippers three, screwed that three, one up. Six, mean. four, five. Uh, yeah, the Clippers. But yeah, so we'll we'll dive into that more next week when we have a bit a bit of a clear picture on who these matchups could be. But yeah, there's a lot of teams jostling for seeding right now. So there's there's we'll, a there's a lot of, there's a lot of movement that can happen in these in these la- in this last uh, last mm-hmm. stretch of eight games. Like a lot of movement. So. It's there's some very fun matchups that could take place. I'm pumped about it. We're excited. I'm excited about that. Um, So let's go ahead and uh, move on. We're going to talk about the shot bets for this week. We have moved this segment towards later on in the episode, just that way we're not double up on doubling up on talking about games and that way we can just kind of cover the shot bets and discuss what our picks are for the next week and then close out the show from there. So we're going to be moving these to later on in the show, right before we close out with our final shot. So shots on shots on shots is the motto, is the is the mm-hmm. name of the game here. Last um, shots, no final shot it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh Tailgate Talk Shot Bets. I still giggle. I don't know. It's still yeah. a little funny to me. Uh, so first shot bet of last week was an NFL draft shot bet. We all picked the over-under on the QBs being drafted in the top 10. And the over-under was at four and a half. Uh, three, three QBs were selected in the top 10. Dustin and Brooks take the shot bet. Uh, I take the loss here. I thought that there was going to be five. And I knew it was going to be kind of a a, a, a dream thing. But like it was something that could have happened, uh, with a couple mm-hmm. of like weird scenarios. But it 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 ended up flopping for me. So unfortunately, I have to take the shot bet. Uh, Dustin and Brooks here. Fortunately for them, they ended up winning this one. But uh, the inverse happened, and we were talking about it a little bit before the show. We we've been very even. I think each of us for the last three weeks, I think, have gone one and one. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And it's kind of I think it's like the last weird. four weeks. Yeah, it's it's been weird. It's been a little weird. We we've gone one for one on this. Uh so on the second game, or on the second shot bet for the week, we had Nuggets Lakers. Uh Lakers defense ended up holding the Nuggets to, to under ninety points and ended up beating them ninety three to eighty nine. And uh, I ended up taking the win on that one. Dustin and Brooks taking the L and taking the shot for that one. I'm gonna Oh, there it is. Pay off and my debt right wait, here. Wait, wait, let's see the logo as we take the shot. Boom. Right there. Right there. <laughs> Dustin <laughs> paid his off a little earlier. Yep, yep. Yeah, I took mine to get through my Cowboys talk. There you go. Uh, so that is that is our, our two shot bets from last week. Obviously, all, all three of us going one and one. Uh, 
been, been a weird streak of, of, of one in one weeks for us, but we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it keeps it interesting. Um, so this week's episode or this week's episode shot bets. The first one will be a, a big time playoff seating matchup in between the Lakers and the Blazers. Both of them trying to stay out of that uh, play in tournament little scenario. Uh, Friday night game going to be a big one. Um, let's see here. Uh, who, who wants to go first? Is anybody, is anybody here cocky about their pick? So I know in Facebook, my dude Israel from SPC is in the chat saying nuggets are going to win the championship in five. Wow. That's bold. That's bold. Bold statement, sir. Okay. Well, wait, 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 what? What what weird shot can we ask him to take for making that kind of a statement? Like you don't get to just how, pass that up. How many shots are you gonna put on the line? For yeah, that? hold on, hold on. <laughs> five, five that's, for saying Nuggets in five. Five that's a, shots that's for a Nuggets in five. Bold yes. statement. You know what? Agree to it now, sir. <laughs> Anyways, back to you, Arlie. I'll take my Blazers. Okay, me. okay. There's there's some confidence there. Uh, Brooks, who do you have? Uh, I am gonna stick with the blazers on this one i just can't trust the lakers without lebron uh yet and i know the blazers are very motivated to get that get out of that playing game so i'm gonna go with the blazers in this one and if i lose a well it helps the lakers so <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that was good yeah. I, i'm uh, i'm i'm gonna go opposite on this and, and stick with my lakers on this they they didn't they did well against the uh, the Nuggets, and I think that they'll do well against a a uh, I guess very very kind of poor defensive uh, Trailblazers. So uh, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. I I think it's a good matchup in favor of the Lakers. Uh, that's just my opinion on it because defensively the Lakers are going to kind of slow them down a little bit, and you'll see some offense. I, I don't know. That's just my feelings about it. Kind of thinking about it a little bit. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be taking the Lakers on this pick, though. Dustin and Brooks taking the Portland Trail Blazers on this. And uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's going to be Dame time. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> he is one of my favorite, most electric players in the NBA, though. Like He's, yeah, he's so much Dame. fun to watch. Uh, our yeah. second shot bet of the week is going to be the White Sox versus the Royals. That's going to be a three-game series. They're going to be playing in Kansas City. Uh, I obviously am going to be... Sticking with my my for no reason, what? What are you gonna say? What 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 does this look? What does this look, Dustin? We will never be royals. <laughs> I'm gonna be sticking with my unofficial team for the year, uh, Kansas City Royals, which was a a random BS pick of mine that has happened to play out so far. Uh, so I'm gonna be taking the Royals on this bet. Uh, Brooks, who do you got on this one? Hmm. I've been debating this back and forth because I have the White Sox in my World Series. Well, I'm going White Sox. (laughs) Let me just toss that in there. Hold on. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Now Brooks is like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to go Royals. Yes! I'm going to go home team Royals. Yes! What? (laughs) Why? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You can't pick White Sox for the World Series and then go. Ro- okay, 
Okay. Well, okay. I had the Padres in the World Series too, but I also picked against them in the last series. That worked out, so that's my reasoning. <laughs> okay, I guess picking against the teams that I picked to win. <laughs> I guess so. All right. <laughs> and it's in Kansas City, so. Ooh. Ooh. They're, they're, they're Mahomes fine. is a part owner. They're, they're, that's that's why that's why I made the pick. All right. Playing. <laughs> and Andrew Benatendi's on the Royals, and he used to be a Red Sox. Uh, okay, we're just gonna keep throwing out just facts at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally the three things that that Brooks knows about Kansas City. By the way, guys, that's it. That's all of the. <laughs> no, just the all, Royals. All the Royals knowledge about Kansas City. <laughs> all, all the Royals knowledge he's got yeah. there. All right. So, uh, as far as right now, I, I'm I'm getting in a little bit of a hole here. I'm probably gonna start paying these off next week. I've I'm still like not in a big uh, big drinking mood, so we're gonna we're we're gonna kind of still stockpile a little bit on here. I'm sitting at four shots owed. Dustin and Brooks paid off their one owed for this week. Uh, so anybody else out there that is listening that owes us some shots, because I guarantee y'all, some of you ended up picking the Nuggets on that damn basketball game. Uh, there's some people out there that owe us a couple of shots. Uh, so make sure you send that into us or make your, make sure you tag us in that. Or if you want to get entered later on, email us or DM us a video or picture of you taking your shot bet for this week. So that's going to kind of wrap up this week's episode. Uh, let's go ahead and jump up over to the final shots. Dustin, you're up first. What, what is your final shot for the week? Carmelo, Anthony, me and Brooks are sporting them. Came the number 10 all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Top 10. That's a huge achievement. I I was never a big Carmelo fan. Um, I think he was kind of like a Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook. He did one really good thing, which has gotten him really far in his career. Yeah. And, and that's that's when you got to look back at this point and be like, wow, he's one of the best scorers ever in NBA history. And literally you can't argue that it's in the record books as he is number 10 and might become number nine by the end of the year. He's about a hundred behind Moses Malone in ninth. That's so, big. And then if he comes back next year, who knows where he gets. Um, but yeah, great job, Carmelo Anthony. Congratulations. Props to you. You scored the bucket a lot. Hoodie Mello. I'll take it. He was a rocket for a little bit, so I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Brooks, uh, what do you got for the final shot this week? Um, I'm just going to be screw the Longhorn Network again, man. I'm what a terrible, that. terrible, terrible, terrible network. <laughs> Not even any good. Can't even get a top, you know, 15 baseball matchup a rivalry on the air. Got a tape delay it like we're in the 80s. We're 2021, man. Get with the times, Longhorns. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. My final shot is actually a, a, a bit of a, um, a little bit of a serious one um, in that. Uh, so as some of y'all may know, I'm, I'm, I'm part Hispanic. I am Colombian. And uh, like, if you look in the VOD or in the stream, you can see in the bottom left-hand corner, I always got a little Colombian flag there chilling out. Uh, representing that um, they are going through a, a my, my heart and soul goes out to that country right now they're dealing with massive uh, taxation scandals a lot of a lot of uh, money being funded in places it shouldn't be 
and they're 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 people literally. Uh, you can look into it. I don't want to be too too much of a downer on this one, but they're going through a lot. My my heart's with them. My heart's with the the country of Colombia right now. They're really hurting. Uh, vaccines are short. People are dying left and right. Police are or it, it's it's getting nasty. Um, so you can look into the scenario if you want to, or in the situation over there, if you'd like to look further into it. But that is going to be my final shot for the week. Is my my heart's out to to uh, my 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 mother's home country, uh, and and they're they're hurting and torn right now. So uh, hats out to y'all. Hearts out to you guys. Hopefully uh, the situation down there gets better for you guys. Um, so that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, just a uh, quick reminder of, of these shot bets. Um, we have Dustin and Brooks taking the, 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 the Blazers. I'm going to be taking the Lakers for the first shot bet. And on the second shot bet, we have the White Sox versus the Royals with me and Brooks picking the Royals and Dustin taking the White Sox. Uh, so lastly, uh, just a quick reminder. If you are not already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks or on Instagram or Facebook. We are on all three as well as YouTube. Make sure you subscribe or follow all of the all of the social medias to really help us out to help our our presence and our growth. Um, if you do want to give us a personal follow, Dustin, you can find him at Dustin Wimmer twenty two. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B Barrett, and me, Arlie, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. Um, and I think that kind of wraps it up. But we don't have a T shirt giveaway this week. Uh, again, we're going to be catching up on those deliveries on those uh, on mailing out the ones that we are behind on. Uh, so if you are currently owed one, be on the lookout for that or be on the lookout for a, for a direct message from us so we can get your, your, your mailing address so we can get those out to you ASAP and get you supporting the tailgate crashes crew as soon as possible. Um, I think that's going to be it for the episode guys. Y'all have anything else? Wraps Catch y'all at the next tailgate. Wraps it up. All right. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Been a great first 30. Hopefully we got 30 more and 30 more after that and 30 more after that. We're all enjoying uh, doing this for you guys. We will catch no. y'all next week. What? Oh, God. All right. Uh, that's done, guys. See y'all next week. Peace.